Hello, this is Robert Barge. Welcome to Redemption's Table, where every week we will gather around this table with a special guest to explore the most appetizing ingredient in this menu called life, redemption. I believe in redemption. I believe everybody hungers for redemption, everybody. And the truth is, redemption is all around us every day. It is a recipe that God the Creator sets before us every single moment of our lives. Unfortunately, so much emphasis is placed upon the bad, many have difficulty seeing, experiencing, and tasting the good. So I'm setting out on a journey, going table to conversation, to accentuate the reality of redemption in the lives of everyday people like you and me. A reality that, I believe, finds its ultimate expression in Jesus of Nazareth, who is the not-so-secret ingredient to the redemption we all seek. So, come hungry, join the meal, because Party of Redemption, your table is now ready. Well, welcome to Redemption's Table. I'm sitting here today at Crestline Bagel Company in Birmingham, Alabama, and our special guest today is Scott Rackstraw. And did I say that last name right? You got it right. Got it. That's Rackstraw. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, um, and Scott, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, glad you're here. Um, I came across something you did. I'm a chaplain in a, a mission in downtown Birmingham, and I'm saying this for the sake of those who are tuning in the podcast. And about a year and a half ago, as I'm coming in, I come two days a week to downtown Birmingham as a chaplain, and I come across a, a, a street corner, there's a sign connected with Edward Chevrolet, where you work, yep. and there's a sign that just has messages on it, and I started noticing about a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. these positive messages on, on this sign, and, and we're talking about uh, Edward Chevrolet is located in one of the parts of Birmingham that, uh, how would you describe the area we're in? Uh, it's, it's a challenged area, it's a very... Um impoverished area. Uh, the zip code is one of the poorest in the state and uh, it's got it's got a challenge with a lot of homeless people that live in live in our area, our blocks, our three or four block radius. Um, we have uh, we have several shelters that are that are attached to our property. Mm -hmm. So you know it's 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 a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. So, yeah. That's exactly you know yep people walk up and down that street all the time, especially toward evening, headed headed to the underpass right, to right. spend the night there. Right. And I work at one of the, those missions that is close nearby. Uh, so yeah, it's just it is a, a challenged area. And like I say, I would come upon this street corner on my way to the mission, and I begin to see these positive messages on uh, the sign there at Edward Chevrolet. There's a terminology that those who are homeless out on the streets they use they, they have their own lingo and one of their sayings is flying a sign he's flying a sign and usually what that means Scott is they're standing at the street corner with a cardboard sign with something written on it in the hopes that someone generous will come by help them give them assistance sure. and most times the assistance in, in the culture the homeless culture, that assistance is going to be used to support a habit. Unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately. So, uh, but anyway, I saw this sign uh, and these positive messages, and I thought that is so different for the area there. I thought I need to find out who 
is flying a different sign. So those signs were. So I came to your dealership. We didn't know each other. No. I walked into your door and I said, hey, who's responsible for the sign? Yeah. And they pointed toward you. Yeah. It, well, I mean, it is, it, it's something that, that some, it's an idea I came up with that kind of I have fostered and have gotten input from a lot of the employees there, and they all uh, look forward to seeing the new signs of whatever the, the, new, the new catchphrase of the week is, or the, we try and switch them out every two, three weeks. Mm -hmm. but, um, but it's something that they enjoy. It's, I, I like to put something up there that's got a little, uh, got a little motivation to it and mm -hmm. give you a little, maybe a point in the right direction and that, you know, that we serve a bigger purpose. So, yeah. and, and that's kind of like what I try to do. It has done exactly that. It caught my attention. Uh, so you kind of already answered what compelled you to, uh, to put those signs up. You can't never always sometimes tell the impact that positive signs are having on the lives of people who see them. Uh, have you received any feedback? You know, we get we get phone calls occasionally, and we have people stop by that'll say really appreciate it. Um, you know, it's it's one phrase can speak to different people different ways. And you know, the you know the uh, the, the sign we have right up right now says aspire to make a difference. You know, um, just getting somebody to, to have to plant that seed and have that thought that you know, that, hey, you know what, there's something bigger here than just me, and. Uh, and, and, I, and, and to have that as a, a focal point, you know, just something, I mean, you know, 3rd Avenue North, you know, there's 30,000 cars that go by every day, people working downtown. And uh, to, be able to, to be able to put that thought in somebody's head, you know, and maybe, maybe give somebody some hope that doesn't have hope, uh, that, that may be struggling with something that they don't know, or, or that they know, obviously, but that <clears throat> they don't know where to go for help. Uh, to be able to put that thought in their head and maybe let the Holy Spirit run with it. And, uh, and you know, just makes me makes me feel like I'm like I'm serving a purpose yeah well when I walked in your office I said I just want to ask you three questions and my first question I asked was were you a believer absolutely yes yes and, that's me and the second question I asked is how would you define redemption Wow and uh, that's kind of where we pick up the story the third question after you answered the question how would you define redemption? I ask if you would prayerfully consider being a part of the podcast. And again, you didn't know me um, from anyone else walking in the door. Uh, but I want to pick up with the story that you told me because you have a redemptive story. You have a story that in immediately I understood, you understood the meaning of that word. In, in the, share your journey with us, Scott. Wow. Wow. When you, when, <clears throat> when you said down and had that conversation with me that day uh, brought back a lot of memories uh, going back to you know when I was growing up and the relationship that I have with God when I was little um, I grew up in a Catholic family uh, very very strict very rigid I went to church because that was what I was supposed to do and that's where my mom wanted me to be on Sundays so I followed the followed the, the, the regimen and went all the way through and like most people, when you, you get into that high school years and those college years, when you're leaving, getting ready to get out of the house, you know, it falls on you to make that decision as to what you're going to do. And uh, and I never I never had a closest. I, I, I liken it to I never really had a relationship with God. I, I went because I was supposed to go. And uh, and and 
it was, it, I'm not going to say that the Holy Spirit didn't speak to me during those years, but it was just, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was in relationship. And so, kind of fell away from the church a little bit. Um, it was very fortunate for God to put a young lady in my wife, by, by my wife, uh, in my life. And uh, she, um, and she and I, uh, started going back to church. We felt like we needed to be in church, and so we went back to the Catholic Church, and we both kind of struggled with it. She, she came from a Baptist background, and obviously I was Catholic, and it was, it was an uncomfortable situation. Okay. And so we, we started visiting churches, looking for something that would make us, that kind of fit what we felt like we needed. And so we went to a Baptist church, and really was it was exciting it was neat the way that the pastor spoke it was it, was, it wasn't so much ritual as it was relationship and uh, I um, I committed myself to Lord again you know when, when you're when you're a baby your parents do it for you but as far as uh, being Christian um, I made the decision uh, in the Baptist church to follow him and was water baptized my wife had already been water baptized in, in the Baptist church, um, and we um, we kind of went from there and had a uh, had what seems to me a storybook life. I mean, I was I was wildly successful uh, in business. Um, very quickly, I was I was I shot to the top real quick in management in the in the car business, um, and was. I was doing all the things that I was supposed to do to be successful, or what the world says is defines as success. I uh, had had nice cars, had the big house, a huge income. Uh, you know, was able to go on the big trips. Kind of, kind of had a wake up moment uh, after being in business for 18 years uh, and growing in a growing in a dealership to the point where I owned a percentage of the store uh, to I lost my mentor he, he passed away and the family came in to, to run the store and we didn't see eye to eye so we separated so I went from being kind of in the, uh, the high point of my life to, to being out of work um, not really knowing what I was going to do I invested my whole everything into this into this business and now it was gone um, on top of that, uh, that brought the marital strife, and uh, we had some outside influences uh, reach into our family, and uh, we were we were struggling with that, and uh, we we had some, for lack of a better word, a Jezebel type spirit come in and, and, and got into our family and tore our family apart. Uh, now, you know, we all took responsibility for what happened, but it was clear that. You know, this this was something that was not good for our family. Right. So it uh, it tore our family apart. You know, we went through a uh, went through a very uh, difficult time, uh, separation, and then eventually a divorce. And uh, you know, it's a very difficult time. When you when you say a Jezebel spirit, we're talking about another individual kind of being coming in as a wedge, uh, somebody that didn't represent God, but claimed they represented had a very uh, close revelation from God. Somebody was speaking for God, but did not exhibit the fruits of the spirit of being that a is, follower of God. That, that is that is a excellent description of what it was, and we um, we both 
fell in with this person who claimed to be a pastor, wanted to found a church. We were uh, financially invested, emotionally invested. My wife wanted to work for her and work for the church and had made those decisions. And then, you know, it's like you said, you know, the, the fruit of the, of the spirit, so to speak, that it didn't take long for me to figure out that this was not a direction that I was felt led to go. And so we cut off the financial aspect to this person and uh, she started she started doing some real damage in the relationship with some with some you know gossip and rumors and stuff like that that affected the, the, the relationship between my wife and I and uh, you know, long story short she, you know, it was it was a trigger point now no no marriage is perfect I don't want to get out there and say I had a perfect marriage I didn't have a perfect marriage you know, we, we both made big mistakes and, and I'm accountable for my actions, and she is for hers. Mm-hmm. But uh, but what we what we figured out was that this this lady made us decide, and and the decision that that she basically put to my wife, who was closer to her than I was, uh, was you have to choose. And if, you know, if you can't go forward with her church and God, as long as you're married to Him, you know, and that's a pretty big red flag when it comes to is this really a pastor? Is this somebody that's a is somebody that's sent from God? Of course, yeah. And so um, we sought we sought um, help and counseling from from Christian pastors, two very prominent Christian pastors in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, went to both of them, and in both cases, without them knowing about it, when we described the situation, they both very quick to say you're dealing with a Jezebel spirit that's what that's that's what that spirit's designed to do and it's designed to come into your relationship and tear your family apart and cause a divorce and, you know and when you're going through this it's it's I mean it's I can't imagine you know they say it's it's far worse than dealing with the death of a loved one because the death of a loved one goes away to some degree and, and you know in time you can you can kind of move on with uh, with a divorce, you just you don't have that. You have that constant reminder. You have that constant. I wish I what I'd done wrong. You know things. But I wish you know this. This is not the way my life was supposed to be. And then you have to see the families tear apart. The children involved. I've got a little girl. Um, to see her struggle was hard, and uh, it was devastating. Um, but to 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 see that you know that, that's that's why the devil targets this the family unit is because of the fact it affects so many people. Right. All the in-laws, all the brothers, all the sisters, everybody was all close together. Now all of a sudden everybody's got to make a choice as to who they're going to be friends with, who they're going to deal with. You know, well, if I'm not friends with the, the wife, then I'm not going to be able to see my granddaughter, you know, stuff like that. It just, it's just a terrible situation. I, and I understand why the devil targets it. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been through it. As I. Uh, and yep. Yeah, it's, yeah I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. So anybody that's been through this, I mean, it's a difficult, difficult deal. And uh, so we sought Christian counseling, and uh, both pastors identified uh, the spirit as being Jezebel. And both of them said, if you don't cut this person out of your life, you're not going to be able to maintain your marriage. You're going to get divorced. And then they followed it up with, by the way, the second you get divorced, this spirit is going to leave you. It's going to, it's, it's going to see its mission accomplished. And it's going to move on to the next victim, and uh, and and it's not going to make sense. It's going to be something out that's just—I mean—a random act that's going to be blown out of proportion or something. And just—and and for us, we were divorced August officially. We were divorced August fifth of two thousand sixteen. Okay. Two thousand seven, two thousand seventeen. We were divorced 
August, August of 2017, on August 5th, I signed the papers. On August 7th, my wife received an email from this woman, and it didn't make sense. It was like it was in its own language. Um, it was, it was uh, obviously, she was breaking up, so to speak, with our family, I mean, with, with what was left of my family. And, uh, and, and it, was, it was exactly as the pastors prophesied, mm-hmm. and that, and that, that it, was, it was over, that she was gonna move on. And when that happened, uh, you know, I, I, it, it, it obviously came to came came to the forefront as being, hey, this is this is exactly what they said was going to happen, you know. So Lord, why are we divorced? Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, we both got active uh, in our own churches, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I was I was man. Let me tell you something. I was really really struggling. Um, Seeing that, seeing that move away from me, having that family and having everything, and to, to having you know just to deal with not having a family anymore and the love of my life going sideways, and uh, and, and she uh, was struggling too, mm-hmm. and uh, and so both of us, I think, you know, by the grace of God, turned to Him, and uh, one of the one of the things that I noticed. Uh, during this during this time was you know I'm a fix it guy I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the guy that can that can take any problem that you have and I can fix it okay I, I, and I, I know how to do it I that's mean, how we are wired as men absolutely just and so I mean I, I attributed a lot all of my success to my hard work and my work ethic and you know there's, there's my integrity and yeah, it was all me 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 mm-hmm. and uh, what this this little transition period did for me, you know, I, I lose my job, I lose my family. So now I'm sitting here, what I would define as rock bottom, trying to figure out how to uh, how to make it. And there were times I never felt like suicide. Never felt like it. this is tough. Uh, but there were times where I was ready to go home. Yeah. And. Uh, my prayers constantly for him to put us back together, right? And put our family, save my family, you know, bring, you know, heal my wife, bring her back, wake her up, you know, make let her see the error of her ways, and you know, bring this, bring this marriage back and this family back. And I didn't hear from him. I didn't hear from him for what seemed like forever. You know, I uh, only wish that when God puts you through a trial, He'd tell you, hey, this is the date that it's going to end. It would be you know, nice, wouldn't it? He doesn't yeah. do that. So, um, so now I'm faced with, you know, my prayer life was specifically praying for her, praying for her to be healed and be blessed, and for her to wake up, <clears throat> and for us to put our family back together. And I heard, I heard very little from God at this time. I, just, I know He was working. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know how. I didn't know what his what his what his, what his purpose was. What what the purpose was for what I was going through, and uh, my prayer life shifted. I got frustrated. Okay, um, had a lot of people in my life saying, "Hey, Scott, it's time to move on. It's time to start working on you." I was seeing a couple counselors that were saying the same things. Hey, you got to fix you, and. Uh, you can't help anybody. You know, one of the things that I remember was the counselor looking at me. He's a pastor, and he said, "Hey, man, this is kind of like when you get on an airplane. I tell you, hey, you know what? This oxygen mask is going to drop down. You put it on yourself before you put it on your kid because if you don't do that. If you don't take care of yourself. You can't take care of your kid. 
you know. And so, uh, you know, looking at it from the perspective of, okay, you know, you know hey, you know, this is this is the, this is where I'm at. I got to move forward. I'm either going to get worse or I'm going to get better. And I made a shit decision to get better. And so, what I did was, I shifted my prayer life. Um, the uh, what I recognized was that, you know, everything, all the success, everything in my life, even my child at this point, I felt like was because of things I had done, and that, and that it was, you know, it was my hard work that got these blessings. And uh, I had a wake up, I had a wake up moment where it was, you know, it was, I think, I think, well, I, I know at this point in my life, God was saying, hey, listen, you know, I gave it to you, and you messed it up, and uh, you, you know, you've, you've got to do better, you know, there's a better way to do this, and uh, and I did, and I started to realize that in studying His Word and getting involved in a couple of small groups at a church and having people reach into my life that, that truly loved me and wanted to see me grow spiritually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so my prayer life shifted from fix her, fix her, fix her to let's fix me. Let's, God, let's you and I get right. And I'm going to tell you, yeah, it's almost overnight I started I started hearing, I started feeling, I, I felt better. I felt like I was in relationship with God and that He was making things better. And, uh, and then I started studying. I did a lot of Rick Warren studies. And, uh, and, and I learned that, you know, everything that God puts in front of you, everything that you're going through, there's a purpose for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it says in His Word that, you know, He does all things for your good. So, you know, trying to find the good in a situation, you know, boy, sometimes it's hard to do. Yeah. But when you make that when you make that decision and that commitment to move forward and improve your situation, um, it really kind of jerk, jerked my chain a little bit. It was like, okay, you know, hey, look, you know, that wasn't you, that was me. You know, I blessed you with all these things, and what do you have to show for it? Let's try it my way, you know, and, uh, and, and I bought it, sold out. I really did. Uh, the, uh, you know, got active in a small group at my church. Um, had had some really, really terrific people speaking into my life. But I also saw this happening with my wife. Mm-hmm. Okay, she was involved in a freedom group at a church that we have here locally, and uh, and designed to help you free yourself from your your past. And uh, and so she went through that, and she had revelations obviously during that time, and she was growing. And uh, God decided to give us a second chance. And she reached out to me uh, in October or September of 2017. So we were only divorced for about a month, month and a half. Okay. And uh, so we were. Uh, she reached out to me in September, September 25th. I'll never forget it. Got an email from her saying that. She didn't fight for her family. That was the one thing. It was about a two-page email, but I remember that's the one thing that she said in there, that she didn't fight for her family. And, uh, and, that, and she loved me and wanted to make this thing work. So we, again, saw some counselors and worked with some people and were able to, to, to deal with some a lot of the issues because it wasn't, you know, to say it was all this one woman. This woman just made little problems big problems. And, uh, and so, yeah, we faced a lot of that stuff and sat down and decided that we would give it another chance and we'll remarry on the 4th of 2017. Wow. So, you know, uh, during that period of time, I, I had gone from a job I wasn't happy with um, 
which I look back now and I see God saying, hey, you know what, this is a season you're going to be in. I want you in that job and I want you to just work yourself through all this stuff. Hey, sir. I don't have a car. I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. So, Program sir. mission. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I serve on the board there. Yeah, uh, good. Yes, sir. Good. Good to see you. So, um, we, uh, so I, he had me working in this job I wasn't happy with. It was out of town. It was, it was just something that, that worked for a season. And, uh, and, and I was able to, I was able to go through this terrible time in my life and then, uh, and then come out of it with my family restored. Mm -hmm. And then also my, uh, I, I got a job working for a company that I frankly wanted to work for for a long time, uh, Edward Chevrolet. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very, the, 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 a very, it's a Christian organization uh, run with integrity. Uh, it's a lot of the ways that I like to do things, you know, that, I, that, that we're more of a service type organization than we are a, just a purely sales type. And, uh, you know, and so getting involved with Edwards at that time was a real blessing to me. Um, I have some mentors there that, that have, uh, have reached into my life, both, you know, at work professionally and spiritually. Uh, they allow me to... They allow me to do the things, you know, like the signs, you know, to, to, to be able to share my faith. Uh, I do it. I do it with the employees as well. Um, and meetings, is, and and it's uh, it's a, it's a neat feeling. It really is. I mean, it's been a good. It's been a really good experience. You shared many elements of your story when I came in that day, and one of the things, um, I, let me back up as you as you shared your story. You talked about uh, a prayer shift <clears throat> in you. Oh, yeah. uh, you mentioned that, uh, and we're going to be doing some editing here because I'm kind of processing. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to when you were in that time of limbo, when you were in those moments where you were praying, and I identify, I know all those prayers you were praying in your yeah. circumstance almost verbatim prayed every single one of us. Uh, I also know that moment when you felt like, God, you're not speaking. Oh, wow. And hearing your journey, uh, uh, you know, being raised Catholic, being uh, coming to uh, that commitment uh, to Christ in a Baptist church, and then you have a, another religious person entering in. There's a lot of religion there in the background. Was there ever a moment in all of that when you were in limbo, when you were like, did you ever think, I think the problem might be all this religion. Did that, did the enemy ever try to you know, the, um, pull you into that? He was, I say he was, uh, I was very, I was involved. It was a Church of God Ministers, mm -hmm. what, what this woman claimed to be. And that was a far stretch from Catholicism. Um, I liked, the freedom. I like the idea of having a relationship that wasn't that didn't require a priest. Mm -hmm. You know, I, and, and there was a lot of that that I really was drawn to. Um, but I also it took me a little while. I'm going to say probably four or five months uh, of really doing some searching and some praying and figuring out that this wasn't all it was being portrayed as. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I recognized it, I immediately 
was I was ready to cut out and do my own thing as far as you know getting away from that woman and, mm-hmm. and her church so to speak okay. and so what I what obviously pushed that with my wife and said hey let's just go to a church just go to church and let's go to a different church let's not go to her church she didn't have a church but that she was leading Bible studies and stuff like that and it was just it wasn't, it wasn't comfortable and that, and that that for me I recognized it quicker than my wife did okay so, um, it took it took a uh, it took the divorce for my wife to figure out you know just how bad how bad it was and, and the things that had happened that you know yeah I mean I, I, I'm gonna tell you I didn't question I never questioned my, my, my faith in God okay I questioned that my, my big thing was what what's happening you know talk to me let me know please give me some give me some encouragement tell, tell me I'm doing something right you know and uh, and you know at the low points you know I, man here I am getting emotional again because I mean, it, it's anybody that's been through it I mean you're talking about you know going home every day and having a wife and a kid and two dogs and nice house and you know the, the world's at your fingertips and uh, to, to going home to a house by yourself uh, that's not quite the home that you're used to living in because you have to cut back because now you have child support, alimony, all those things that you have to fa- you're faced with, uh, and, and and the loneliness, uh, you know, just you know, you don't really know how much you miss somebody until they're not there, and uh, leaning on that, leaning on uh, the Lord during that, and getting into the Word, hoping, hoping. You know that, that somehow that this was gonna this was gonna come back together and that, that this would be fixed. Um, you know, we got to a point where I gave up. Mm-hmm. I did. I mean, I I, I, did. I felt like I felt like it wasn't gonna happen. I felt like it wasn't in the, in the works and that, that that's that wasn't his plan. Uh, and so, yeah, I gave up. And, and and that's when that's when the prayer life changed. I was like. Let go. You know, that's the thing that came to my mind was let go and let God. And I was just, okay, you know, this is the way you want it. Tell me what I can do moving forward. You know, where, where, how can I best serve you and uh, and be a father that, that to my child? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and one thing one thing we never did, uh, neither of us, we never got ugly. We never, we never, it was never ugly. You know, we had some, obviously, some contentious conversations, you know, just not understanding things, but as far as anything hateful, there was never anything hateful between us. And I'm talking about my wife, and uh, and so that made reconciliation a lot better. You know, uh, the, the forgiveness factor, both of us having to forgive each other. You know, for the things that we've done, and then then, then actually reconcile. You know, you, you, you're you're a pastor, so you know what you know the deal with reconciliation and and. and Getting back together. I mean, they, you, know, you, can, you can you can forgive somebody, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know that you have to get back together. Mm-hmm. And my, my, obviously, my prayer was that we'd get back together. So the uh, it, it it shows how amazing God was to me. God is to me to to say, okay, you try it your way. Here we go. Do it my way and see how much better life is. And, uh, you know, here we are in 2019. You know, two years later, yeah. and uh, we're as close as we've ever been. Uh, my, my my daughter's about to go into her senior year in high school, and it's like it's like we're we're better than we were before yeah. the hard time. And I know I have a more I, I have more appreciation for 
my family and what my wife brings to the relationship, um, and I think she does too. Yeah. So it really is. I mean, it, it's it was a tough time, mm -hmm. and uh, you know we powered through it. Yeah. And, could not have done it without the relationship I have with the Lord. Yeah. So. Beautiful story. Not the suffering part, but the beautiful outcome. Uh, you were praying, you know, when God shifted your prayers, and then to hear God was at work on her, on the other, and both of you were surrendering, submitting, letting God at work. And there was another element of the story you talked about uh, when I came into your office that day. You mentioned also that your daughter was praying for y'all yeah. as well. Yeah. So you have uh, a third family member in that equation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah we um, we had a lot of people that were that were helping us helping us get through this, and uh, we had a lot of prayer warriors. Mm -hmm. And you know, and it's it is eye opening to see the people come out of the woodwork that want to help. Mm -hmm. People that you thought were friends and all of a sudden, you know, you have them drop off and nobody's wanting to talk to you anymore. And then mm -hmm. you've got the true friends that are stepping up, reaching out, uh, checking on you, making sure everything's good, praying for you. And, uh, and, and to have that, frankly, I don't, I mean, that's, you know, God puts people in front of you for a reason. Yes. And, uh, and He puts them at the right time. Yes. And uh, so there, were, there were two or three real, real important people, and they still are, so very, very important to me, that stepped up in my life and, and helped me get through this. And I couldn't have done it without, without God's help. Were there verses of Scripture that God used during? Wow. Uh, so many. You know, so, so many. Just a, uh, a couple of them. You know, the... Uh, the one that comes, I guess, the one that comes to mind is that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, Philippians four thirteen. Mm -hmm. The, uh, you know, leaned on that to to get through some real difficult difficult situations, some real difficult times. Real, you know, just I was fortunate where I didn't feel like I had to turn to a vice or something to to, to get through it. And you know, my vice was the word, you know, to to get into it and study it. You know, just just the, you know, the, the, when 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 the word says that you know, he's going to make something good happen from this, and that from every trial that you go through, you know, there's another side to it, and you don't necessarily know when you're going to get there, but he promises you that you're going to get there, yeah. and uh, and to know that he's with you, you know, I go back to you know, he never promises you an easy journey, he just promises to be with you through it. That's, that's pretty huge. I mean, that's, that's a powerful thing for me. The best guides are those who have been on the trail, that journey themselves. If I ever hire a guide for any, any reason, I want to make sure they know because they've experienced it. What would you tell someone who finds themselves in similar circumstances like, like you? Well, I mean, there's a couple things, okay. Um, and I've been able to, I, you know, through this, I've been able to minister to a few people, mm -hmm. um, some people that have struggled in their marriages and that were at the point where they felt like they were ready for divorce. And uh, one of the things that, that, that I try and tell people is where there's grounds for divorce, there's also grounds for forgiveness. And, uh, and that, 
you know, yes, there are certain things that that you have to get away from. I mean, I'm not I'm not excusing abuse and stuff like that. You know, I just there's things that you have to move away from. But you know, I think I think the majority of divorces occur because people just don't feel the love anymore, and and it will, marriage is so much more than a feeling, and that there, you know, when you go into it, you know. Uh, scripturally, you know, you go into it knowing that, hey, you know what? Everything's not going to be rosy, okay? You're going to have days that you're going to come home and I don't feel like I like you very much. Uh, but you have that deep love, okay? The unconditional part. And uh, and you have to seize that during those difficult moments when things don't make sense and you want to run, you feel like cutting ties. Uh, you know, so back to the, you know, there, there's, you may have grounds for divorce, but you have grounds for forgiveness, and uh, and don't quit. You know, don't quit. You know, don't just, just, just you don't feel it at the moment. You know, get, 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 get right with God. Um, spend some time with Him and His Word. Search what He wants for your life, because um, it's clear He hates divorce, and He says that. And uh, and so for Him to. To, to get into your life and help you through those situations instead of turning to the to the to the other women or other men or you know the drugs or the alcohol uh, as escapes um, to reach out to him and, and let him show you how much life is better when you try it his way and, and that's what that's the thing just don't quit you know don't quit you know uh, might not be today might not be tomorrow you know but but you know he's got something in store for you and it's good you know just remember he's there he's always there i want to go back to the signs i think everything's connected or and it might not be uh, but in this case you're putting those signs up on the corner those positive messages here in an area that's often bleak how uh how are those signs connected to your story? Are those signs connected to your story? You know, well, I think of, you know, I, 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 I try to separate my personal from work, but it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so when I put something up there like faith, hope, and love, something to believe in. That was last week, that, or last month, yeah. That was something that was personal with me. Yeah. You, know, was, you know, again, those are things that I leaned on. I lean on today, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I feel like, you know, it just, I guess, I guess if I can help one person, you know, like 30,000 cars a day, if I can help that one person that's sitting there saying, hey man, I ain't got a way out. I, I need help and I don't know where to turn. You know, I don't, I don't think this is worth it anymore. If they look up and they see my sign and they see a little bit of hope, man, that's, that's, that's encouraging. It's just, it, it, you know, it meant a lot for you to come in and, and say what you said about it because I, you know, I just, it, it just, you search for your purpose. Yeah. And when you find it, you know, and, and I just feel like that's where God wants me right now. And, uh, you know, if I can reach somebody through a, you know, a short verse or short phrase, um, and I can, uh, I can get into their, get into their heads a little bit with the Holy Spirit and let them run, um, then, you know, wow. Yeah. That's an impact. Well, Scott Rackstraw, God is using you to make a difference. He is. And, and he has, like I say, I believe there's... You're planting a lot, a lot of seed uh, out there. Thank you. Good, good word. You know, one of my joys of this podcast 
is having the opportunity to meet new friends yeah. and I count you as a friend that's now yes. and uh, it's just been grateful that's thank you awesome. for taking the time to come to Redemption's table today oh, that's neat and I appreciate you inviting me you're very welcome and I'm going to go ahead and tell those who are listening that we're here every Monday morning if you haven't followed the uh, podcast I encourage you to do that and that way automatically however you're choosing to listen to the podcast you're automatically receiving an update every Monday when we Put up a new episode we'll be right back here uh, when we say these words party of redemption your table is now available thank you scott for being with us hey thank you very much y'all have a great day bye